We're back, and it's number 15. We are back, and it yeah. is number 15. Uh, so this yeah, is man, Fried Squirms. I'm Tyler. I, I'm still Danny. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And this time we are doing Halloween. Yeah. Because as we said, we're starting in on slashers. We want to we wanna start laying down some roots is what I think we're going to come to terms with. Right, yeah, I mean, we could, you know, bring you deep cuts and shit like Martyrs and things like that all the time, but it seems like it'd be better to, I don't know, maybe do it sort of history style. Yeah, and I, and I like that At too. At least a, a little bit. Yeah, it, it gives us a, like I said, a good foundation for where we can kind of branch off. You know, we can always come back to it because we're laying down roots, but it gives us like a wider spectrum to kind of, you know, plow through or at least... uh you know, work a way through. So if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, Slasher, why aren't they doing, like, My Bloody Valentine or this or that? Like, yeah, it's like... Like, yeah, okay, that's a Slasher movie. Of course it is. It's a good movie. Right. But we're, we're going to try to hit these ones that really, really, really sort of lodged in. And I've even sort of found, like, a lot of people that aren't that into horror. Right. Like, these are the films that they sort of... It's what defines what a horror film is to them. And that's a that's a very good point, because a lot of... Same thing, like, the, the conversations I've had where, you know, somebody might ask me in passing, you know, hey, you know, what's the next guy, you know episode that you guys plan on doing? And we tell them, they're like, yes, because it's something they're familiar with, and it gives them a chance, you know, to listen, possibly, and maybe go check those movies out again, mm-hmm. and maybe even give them an incentive to check out some of the other movies that we've been talking about as well. That's right. So I suppose let's formally get into the how did this make us yeah. squeal? Squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. So here it is. Halloween. Yeah. Always 1978. 78. Yeah. Uh, another just legendary director with John Carpenter. Can't give him enough praise. Um, like I said, he he's laid down some really really strong movies. Not only within you know horror, but outside of horror as well. So man, I mean, I mean, big props. Yeah, we kind of wanted to lay down groundwork, but part of the reason for doing this, I think, as well, mm-hmm. was so that we're kind of hitting like three birds with one stone with like this series of movies we're doing. We're laying down the groundwork yeah. with slasher movies. We're going to be getting a number of iconic figures that have had franchises that have spawned multiple decades. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still talking about them today, so... You know. And hitting a few huge name actors and directors. Uh, and in this case, we're hitting a gigantic director. Yeah. John Carpenter is fantastic. He's a legend among the legends. His movies have... Have always been there throughout my life. You know, and even, like I said, in our passing, uh, talking about just a few of the movies outside of horror that I I think of, and uh, like I said, one of them is Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. Big Trouble's great. You know, I think of that one. Uh, There was another one we were talking about, Which was written by the same guys who wrote uh, one of my favorite movies, Buckaroo Banzai, and his... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's adventure. that's a great one, man. Uh, but like, so that's well, once you know that those are the same writers, it makes a lot more sense. But yeah, well, absolutely, man. <laughs> uh, you know, but like I said, we can we we can sit here and just take a look at a few of them, man. You know, I I've always loved Escape from New York. Yeah. In fact, I funny little tie-in. Uh, years and years before this, I used to do a different podcast with my old roommate. Our theme song was based on the Snake Plissken theme. Nice. 
from Escape from New York, which was also composed by John Carpenter as he composed the music in this as well. Yeah, so it's like I said, you're you're coming back home. That's right. So that it's, it's awesome. always been a huge influence. Yeah, uh, things like They Live are yeah. incredible. Uh, I love John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, film. I've man. often said that like uh, a lot of the horror films I would get was from when my mom worked at that convenience store. Right, makes makes perfect sense. If I couldn't decide on a movie, then that that's the movie I would grab. Yeah, and that's a good one to watch, no matter when you want to watch it. It's always a good watch. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. Which I recently learned was actually originally supposed to be a Snake Plissken movie. Oh, that would have been, would have been a whole different tell. Escape from Mars. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Instead, we get Ice Cube as Desolation Williams. Desolation mm-hmm. Williams being one of my favorite nicknames in all of cinema. Like, that's pretty awesome. John Carpenter just... Yeah, man. It does a lot for me. You know, unlike I said, it's just a lot. Of, so many good movies, man, he's done throughout the years. What else do we have on, on his list, man? Yeah, Starman. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking of. Love that movie, man. That has uh, one of the Bridges in it. Uh, Jeff Bridges, I believe. Yep. And um, I always forget that lady's name. I'll have to look it up. But anywho, yeah, that's another big one. Like I said, outside of the horror genre that I think of as a they kid. They Live. Yeah, They Live. Rowdy. Roddy. That's right. Uh, yeah, man, that's what, a Assault on film. Precinct 13. Yeah. See there? So, I mean, the, just right off the bat, man, we've got a lot of, like I said, some, some really good groundwork films. Prince yeah. of Darkness, another vampire movie. <laughs> Just in our talking, too, man. He uh, did a lot of music work as well. Uh, scored oh, a lot of his own mu- movies. And the music really stands out in this movie in a <sighs> big, bad way. Yeah, From the get-go. Iconic. The first just thing as iconic as the characters. You get that Halloween theme just straight off the bat. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. It, it does. It kind of it settles you right in. God, so who else do we got going on in this? Uh, um, I, like I said, I just wrote, you know, like I said, just the, the technical notes as always. Uh, Deborah Hill, she helped write the, the screenplay uh, along with him for the movie. Okay. Um, I wrote down, like I said, some production companies. Compass International Pictures and Falcon uh, International Productions. They're the copyright holders. Um, and one of the distributors, once again, is uh, Compass International Pictures. They, they helped release it in the theaters here in the States when it came out. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know Dr. Loomis yep. is, of course, Donald Pleasance. Yes, he certainly is. Which, holy shit, for as small a budget of a movie as this was, like $300,000, Yeah, like not that, very much at all. A tiny little indie film. Yeah. Which when you look raked at in a whole bunch of money, but we'll get to that here in a second. I want to talk about Donald Pleasance. Yes, please. Uh, huge catch i would think for for this movie because oh yeah pleasance uh will probably forever be immortalized as being one of the most iconic bond villains uh as ernst stavro blofeld yeah in wild. you only live twice blofeld of course being like blofeld's what dr evil's the the parody of. uh yeah <laughs> that's pretty awesome isn't it and you think about that and he was also in what, like, Great Escape. It's huge. Yeah. No, like I said, he's he's an iconic uh, actor, you know, for his time period as well. A lot of these people in the film, when you start looking through some of their film credits, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that they were in a lot of films I was well, familiar with. For some of them, though, it's early on for well, them. Yeah, like, yeah, no doubt. John no Carpenter, doubt. this would be, what, like his third directing, I think? Because uh, before at this least. was Dark Star mm-hmm. and Assault on Precinct 13, and then I think it was this. Yeah, I think you're right. So it would have been at least his third and neither of those other two were particularly big. 
No, Especially uh, not Dark Star. I think Dark Star was a piece of shit, if I remember right. Yeah, I think more people watch it for uh, maybe some some comic relief. <laughs> you know, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, but yeah, no, this one for not only for its time period, for but for him, this film, man, it, it hit a home run. I mean, <laughs> out of the park, man. Now get this though. Yeah. So Donald Pleasance, huge catch. Like I see his name in the credits. I'm like, wow, good yeah. for them, right? That's cool. Because now I'm of. I've seen this movie a number of times growing up. Mm-hmm. All that makes sense. I, it always comes on some station around Halloween because <laughs> it's Halloween. Yeah, and the movie is appropriately titled, <laughs> and it takes place obvious. on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, come on. How many? How <laughs> How much more do you need to know that you need to watch this on Halloween? That's one of the most successful horror movies of all time. Yeah, like you said, when you when you ask people to name some horror films, this will definitely pop up. But Pleasance wasn't the first choice. Ooh. The first choice, uh, I'm not sure in what order they were uh, asked. Okay. Were Peter Cushing. Wow. Yeah. And Christopher Lee. I could see both of that, yeah. I think Lee would have been amazing <laughs> as Dr. Loomis. Wow. Yeah, because he's, man, he's, he's big time. Christopher uh, Lee. They both declined because of the low pay. Well, considering the budget, yeah. And Pleasance ended up saying yes. Although Lee went on to admit to Carpenter that he regretted that. Could you... Man, that would have been quite a different take on uh, Dr. Loomis's character. I agree. Man, yeah. Especially, oh my God, Lee is kind of an imposing guy. He's like six... Well, six, five? Just his character... Yeah, his character alone. Just his being is uh, it's kind of... it's. It is. It's intimidating in a in a way. After Donald Pleasance, we right. have somebody who wasn't a star at the time because this would be her breakout role. Yeah, think about that. Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Yeah, she plays uh, Laurie Strode in this film. Yeah, if you, I guess I can name off a few others, but yeah, was like so. Jamie Lee Curtis. When you think of her, she's she's she goes beyond this film. I mean, was it like True Lies is one movie I think of with her? Uh, was it A Fish Named Wanda? Stuff like that. I love A Fish Named Wanda. Yeah. Such a good movie. I mean, she's been in a lot of cool films, man. And she is an, um, from this Halloween franchise, which she goes on and... Oh, she in, does, you know, further films in the, in the franchise. A number of times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's the Scream Queen. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she, keep, she continues to go on, but she's legendarily known as a Scream Queen because of this film. And like I said, not, not a bad way to start her, uh, her film credits. No, uh, and what, I mean, horror-wise, I think she was also in The Fog. Yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she's been in, a, like I said, quite a few Carpenter films. Yeah. What else has she been in? Like I said, I know there's, like, she's got so like many credits. Like Steel, True Lies. Yep. Um, Freaky Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah, good night. Uh, I don't know. I think of more of her, like, her some of her 80s and maybe early, even early 90 credits. Mm-hmm. More, more what I'm familiar with. Still. Jamie Lee Curtis. Here's her breakout. Did an amazing job. Yeah. Oh, and I think she's on that new Scream Queen show, or at least shows up she from was. time to time. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. No, I'll she get to it at some point. Some people might be more familiar with her for for yogurt commercials. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so you know, she's she's still relevant in in pop culture. You know, breakout role though. That's why yeah. we know her. Exactly. And yeah. she earns it. I think. Yeah. No, she definitely earns her keep. Uh, I think the most unfortunate thing is. She was like 19 when this was done. Right. 
She looks older than 19. <laughs> yes. Yes, she does. She looks a lot... She's a very mature 19-year-old. I mean, it seemed like they were supposed to be playing around, like, 16, 17 age. That would make so more sense. So she's not actually it that may far be a, off. Yeah, 17. And we've seen it time and time again in movies, especially from this era and in through the 80s, where it's, like, 30-year-olds cast as, like, 16-year-olds. Yeah, you do see that a lot in those those films. But she was actually close. Yeah. She didn't look close. No, no, no. She no, looked about 27. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it's funny you mention that because while I was watching that film, I was thinking that too, that, you know, I was like, man, what year was she born in? Because she does look like she's in her mid-20s, at least. It, it's unfortunate, and it's not no, like she not looks a bad, bad. thing. No, no, no. It's just, it's just, she looks very mature. Yeah, she doesn't look... She doesn't look the right age for the part, which is actually really close to what her age was. Yeah, that's that is kind of that's interesting. But regardless, like I said, regardless of that fact, she still does a good job. Yeah, I agree. Still does a great job. I think he did a good job of not, you know, focusing on filming anything in the high school because then it would have been a little bit more weird. There's like what maybe maybe a scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, anywho, um, yeah. So like I said, she's an iconic figure. I even you know marked it down. Nancy Key, she I think she gets a film credit as Nancy Loomis. She plays Annie Brackett in the film. Um, okay. I know she didn't do a lot of films. Uh, she's like a like a sculptress now. I think they said. Oh, I was reading about her. Yeah, I was just kind of curious, you know. But she got Annie, out of acting. Out of it was pretty cute. Yeah, they were all pretty cute. No, and that's that's what I was like reading some of uh, like so some of the the movie databases, mm-hmm. uh, you know, notes on her or whatnot. And she they was like known for being a pretty. Um, persuasive brunette something okay. like that so she got you know she got some notoriety back mm-hmm. in that time period for that um but like i said not a very many film credits like, like maybe three and she did a few credits in tv okay and then she got out and like so now she does sculptress work so good on her yeah pj souls was another uh actress and then she played uh linda Vanderkluck, which i i don't think they ever mentioned that in the film i was about to say i think i feel like i would remember that that's like man that's but... a lot to say but yeah she's she's affectionately known as linda in the film uh, she had other th- other film credits that we were talking about outside of our uh, our right, doing this. Right, Melissa's again. Uh, she was in Stripes with Bill Murray. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Stripes you know, is a great movie. Um, like I said, she she went on to do um, Rock and Roll High School was with the Ramones. That's awesome. She was in Carrie. Um, that's great. Like I said, another classic horror film. A huge, huge horror film. We'll yeah, and then like I said, even later sure. on, I was looking at some of her later film credits. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think she was in The Devil's Rejects. Who was she in that? Do you know? I, I it's either her. Or, I, I think it is, man. I'm almost certain of it. Maybe it's her or there's another actress. But I'm. I think we need to take. I'm a look. gonna look this up real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was in Devil's Rejects. Uh, I don't know who she was in it. It just says the name is Susan. No, I like I said. It's just like I said. She's one of those actresses that we go back on, even with D. Wallace. If her name's just Susan, then yeah. she's probably either. The gal that Sherry Moon Zombie knifes in the middle of the road, or you know, she's the uh, mom of the boy that Sid Haig scares. Like, don't you like clowns? It might, it might be her. Um, I would say it's probably the mom. Yeah, that would make more sense. But I, I just saw, like I said, she got a film credit. Not that I was digging too deep, but I was like, mm-hmm. holy cow! It's like it's another actress that we talked about that was in one of Rob Zombie's. I films. mean, Rob Zombie, the the cast for his movies are almost exclusively pulled from previous horror. And that movies, makes perfect sense. So. I mean, whether you're familiar or not, there's 
like I said, there's a way we go back and then like, oh, you make these connections, kind of like I'm making right now. But yeah, it was kind of cool. With Charles Cyphers, like I said, he was the the sheriff in the film. Like I said, he played Lee Brackett. He, like I said, he's gone on to do a lot of film credits, this guy, and I thought it was kind of cool, man, seeing some of the stuff that he's done and some of the stuff I was familiar outside of this mm-hmm. film with. And like I said, Major League is one of them. Growing up as a kid watching that Which movie. Which seems to tie in a couple times <laughs> now, actually. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like I said, I, I, I grew up watching that because I played baseball growing up. And that's one of those films growing up you watch as, you know, Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes and, you know, okay, Tom yeah, Berenger yeah. and all these other guys, Corbin Burnson. Uh, for some reason, I always forget that Wesley Snipes is in that. But Yeah, yeah. I was like, hold on. Oh, I yeah, grew duh. up watching it. And for some reason, my, my first memories, like, I grew up watching that. Like, I watched, uh, God, what's the one with Stallone? Um, that's going to bug me. Okay. Watch that though, like seen like New Jack City, this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, like my intentional thinking of Wesley Snipes is from like Blade on. Yeah, and I can understand that. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, you know, I can go back and think of him from earlier credits. You know, White Men Can't Jump and stuff like that. But <laughs> oh yeah, see, I remember I watched that. You know, but for some reason, I never think about the fact that he was in it. I just yeah. like, oh, whatever. No, like I mean, but he's you know he's he's been around for a while, man. You know, and so you're you're familiar with it. But this is like I said, another connection to that it goes all the way back to Charles Cipher. Isn't like so you look at some of his old film credits. He was mostly in, in a lot of TV back in like the '60s and '70s, and then he started getting more film credits. And like I said, this is one of those. I guess it kind of sparked another you know leaping stone in his his career. So. Mm-hmm. Another one uh, in this film, there's some like some younger kids in this film, of course. Kyle Richards, she was Lindsay uh, Wallace, like one of the, okay. the neighbors across the street. She was a little, one of the little girls in the film, right? She didn't get a, like a big film credit, but she was in it for a little bit. The other kid, Brian Andrews, played Tommy Doyle. Tommy. So, yeah, so little Tommy was in the film. Um, another guy that played uh, a boyfriend in the film was uh, John Michael Graham. Uh, played Bob Sims. Played Bob, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Stevens is uh, Marion Chambers. Um, I'm the camera remember what the hell her, her credit was. Maybe she was a nurse. Okay. Oh, yeah, the, the nurse that was with Loomis. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the film. Okay. And, uh, of course, our uh, our major iconic figure in this film, and all of horror in general. Michael Myers. Michael Myers. So this is the older Michael Myers that we're speaking of, or at least I'm speaking of. And that's played by uh, Tony Morin. Well, here's the thing. Right. That's when Michael Myers, when they show his face. Yes, that's correct. Is Tony Moran. Yes. When it's just the shape. Yes. When he's actually doing just everything the, around. The creep. Yeah. He's actually Nick Castle. Yes, you're absolutely right. Nick Castle is is now, our main guy. Nick Castle stood out to me because he wrote the screenplay for Escape from New York. Oh, that's pretty awesome. He also wrote the screenplay for Hook. Oh, wow. Major kids movie. He directed Major Pain. That, wow, that's something I just got done watching like just within the last couple of weeks. He directed The Last Starfighter. That's another great film, man, that I grew up watching. He directed the Dennis the Menace live-action movie. <sighs> That's a great film. A few others. Gosh, Those were man. the ones that stood out to me. Uh, I think he did the screen... I think... Uh, oh, Nick Castle. I think most recently he did the screenplay for August Rush, which I never actually ended up I, watching. I didn't but, see that one either, but I know what you're talking about. But I was like, holy shit, that yeah. guy? You're like, what? Yeah. 
This he's is Michael Myers. This is Michael Myers. Yeah, the guy behind the mask. Not the guy that shows you his face, but yeah, Nick Castle is Michael Myers, man. And but think about this. He goes from playing such an iconic horror figure to doing kids' movies, you know, that are like, man, you think about like such major pain, Dennis the Menace, you know, etc. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like yeah. there's a lot of hook. Like I said, like what? Go watch Hook right now, man. That's I saw Forget that Halloween. Go watch Hook. No, I got to see that when it came out in theaters. Which mm-hmm. you know, you know when that was. I was like maybe eight or nine when that came out. Yeah. Anywho, I remember seeing that in theaters. Uh, like I said, seeing Major Pain. I just like just got done watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> thought know? that was hilarious. Talking about I knew that, that at you work. Just got done watching. It's like what? Yeah. So it's 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 awesome, man. It's good seeing those film credits. Love Dennis the Menace. Michael Myers and this movie, yeah, really, really define the, the slasher genre. Now, I, agree. I think you could make a very, very strong argument that to really go back to the beginning for slashers, where they're very much defined more as slashers. Yes, yes, yes. No, there, there are several credits I can think would of. be like Psycho, I'd say. Yes, and this would be very much inspired by Psycho. Oh, yeah. However, oh, I think oh. everything after this, I think Psycho is just like that one step removed. This might be inspired by Psycho, but everything after this has more in common with this than with Psycho. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, at least for a long period of time. No, I mean, there's there's always you're always going to go back to like so somehow you're going to go back to certain foundational movies. You can't help but go back to Alfred and Hitchcock movies. And this just movies. lays down a whole bunch of slasher tropes, which I think you'll find the next few movies kind of follow to an extent yeah no we we have a, a logical order to what we're doing here and uh if like, nothing else one of the movies for sure that we're coming up on in yes. a bit probably in about a month uh with the way that we've laid this out yeah, yeah yeah it tells you step by step what michael myers basically does this entire movie yeah so like mind said, blowing yeah no no you we're, we're uh we're setting this up you know a certain way but i like the way we're doing it and uh yeah, man. Like I said, that's that was kind of that was kind of a cool side facts, man, right there with Nick Castle. So kind of mind blown about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the here's the other thing too, though. He's such an iconic horror figure. Yeah, no doubt. For being just this persistent blank figure, it's just this killing machine that's unstoppable. Yeah, it is. A, it's just an un un. Un, you know, like I said, it doesn't have a face. Like I said, on, on now some of the person. reason he's so blank, right? Some of the uh, some of the motive, some of the motivation, some of the direction that Nick Castle got from uh, from John Carpenter, mm-hmm. legendary director John Carpenter, is little nuggets such as Nick Castle asking him, "So, what's my motivation for this?" <laughs> and John Carpenter would tell him to walk from point A to point B on your set. You know, and thinking, <laughs> thinking about some of the, his scenes in this film, it, it is kind of funny. And you think about, like I said, when you when you kind of break it down more technically like that, it's like, man, yeah, he doesn't really do a whole lot outside of just walking around and creeping. And that's, oh, you know? But it's terrifying because he's yes. always there. He's always very, present. Yeah. Just within, just to within a reach. a supernatural degree. It, There's yeah. no explanation for it. No, it's, it is. Like I said, it's very scary knowing that someone is creep up on anybody at any any time like that i say only only one year apart with one of them having been originally rated x this film is scarier than the hills have eyes oh man good yes and you yeah this film is more terrifying than the hills have eyes i would agree there's 
like I said, when when I think of the Hills of Eyes, there are certain moments that make you uncomfortable, but not for me, not to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, mind blowing, scares me and stuff. Like I said, one of my siblings, they still don't like Michael Myers to this day, and it's funny because it's one of their favorite films. Yeah, you know, so it's funny in a sense that like I said, you have this iconic character that's. Like I said, very defining, uh, very just like I said, almost supernatural in a sense, like you said. <laughs> but but you know, like I said, it's just it's just one of those things, man. That regardless, people still like this film; they love it. The Hills Have Eyes was originally rated X, and this movie is I can't more terrifying. Believe, yeah, that's craziness, man. Only a year apart. Yeah, that's not that's no discredit to The Hills Have Eyes. No, but, as we pointed out, yeah. we love that movie. And, but yeah, I'm not saying that there it's is a either. weird. It's this weird little weird logic stone that you can touch upon where they had to cut the shit out of that movie to even get it released. Yeah. It's, it's got crazy. this horrendous reputation, but this is yeah. worse, in my opinion. I would agree, man. It's like I said, this is one of those films that's a lot more. I mean, like I said, it, I think it, it, cr- it helps cross more people just for the fact that it's on Halloween, too. So we mentioned a little bit earlier. It had a budget of three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Now, do you know the number? <laughs> this is this is ungodly, this is man. pretty ridiculous. So that three hundred thousand dollar movie grossed forty seven million in the United States. That's where I got wrote down forty seven million. Another twenty three million internationally, which is like seventy million dollars. Yeah, that for uh, a three hundred thousand dollar budget. For a three hundred, yeah, for a three hundred thousand dollar budget, Dang, uh, it's one of the most independent, the most profitable independent films. Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. Uh, think there about are, there that are a few that are that do better. I think Blair Witch. I would say had pretty a close. Bigger per return. Yeah, it would. That wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me to be honest. I know Clerks. I think was in the top at one yeah. point. It had like Super a twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five dollar budget. Bingo. <laughs> but no, but, but like, but no, think and, of, like, and did like four think million. Of the, think of the return though. Just I'm just saying that alone. That's crazy, man. For any film, regardless, that seventy million worldwide Gosh, in seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have inflation yeah. numbers up to twenty seventeen, but up to twenty sixteen, right? That's the equivalent of two hundred and sixty seven million dollars. So even they just like say even if we inflated the three hundred you know thousand dollar budget. And say it was like what two or three million, yeah. <laughs> what? Come on, man. There you go. Yeah. So you know, not saying that every film will and get that it's return because but... it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I would agree. From start to finish, this film was great. Things copy this movie because it did it so well. You know, I think it's a it's a good note to point out that if if films other films start to um, maybe parody you. Or even like to go on to spoof or even just recreate scenes. What does that tell you? And people are still familiar with it to this day, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're still talking about it. And I love this film too. So I do too. Um, uh, and the one other one other little fun note though that I ran into yeah. up on uh, John Carpenter's direction mm-hmm. uh, in regards to Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, yeah. Is that because this movie was done non sequentially? In order to get her to the right scared level, mm-hmm. they had like a, a number meter, and so he'd start off a scene being like, "Okay, this scene's a seven. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. So she can anticipate. Is that mm-hmm. what? Okay, gotcha. That makes sense, man. Because yeah, 
if you're like say if you're not doing a film chronologically or sequentially that can throw you off like yep. trying to jump right into a certain emotions or yeah it makes sense and she does a fantastic job yeah i think so uh, no wonder she went on to have a great career yeah like i said we were we just talked about her she's still doing yoga commercials guys she's still in this game she's yep. doing scream queens she like she's she's still she's still doing films man she's she's great so let me think so before we get into this Oh, I got I got two more notes, and two, then yeah, okay, and then I'm two, ready. Yeah, two notes, then we'll give our warning, then we'll uh, yeah, then we'll, we'll know, jump right start, in. I know we're slobbering all over this film. <laughs> uh, the release date was October 25th, 1978, here in the states, right? So okay. a few days before Halloween, and taglines because you like said I like taglines for this one is the night he came home. That's that's a fucking fantastic one because yeah. that's really close to one of the lines in the movie. I was gonna say there's a number of lines in this movie that you could use as taglines for this. Movie, oh man, I think. You know, plenty of them. I'm okay with that. Now, like, uh, for warning, this is kind of a generally scary movie, but there's nothing that's too intense about it. No, like so for uh, for the, a lot of the films that we've done, this is I, this is tame compared. There is some tame. nudity. A little nudity. I, not that I'm minded. Little bit of sexual situations, yeah, sexual themes, uh, but nudity, it's like they don't they don't show the nudity while the sex is going. It's on. not gratuitous. No, it's just like I said, it's you see some bears, you know, some it's, bear chests. Yeah, like it's not even like a soft core porn. No. It's like you see like some general thrusting, and then you might see two minutes later some boob. Yeah, it's like as they readjust afterwards and stuff. It's like I said, it's a precursor to a lot of the stuff that came out in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But this is super mild and tame comparatively. There's pretty much no gore because they actually yeah. they intentionally stayed away from showing it because they wanted you to have to build the terror in your mind. Which I think it's and that's, that's what this movie is good at. Yeah, it's just kind of generally terrifying. If you don't like putting on a movie in the dark that's going to make you feel like you're being watched yeah hey, that's yeah, what yeah. this movie does exactly it that's makes that's you a great feel point like you're being watched yeah and unfortunately what it's implying is the thing that's watching you is michael myers who seems to be Even unstoppable scarier. yeah so <laughs> yeah that's definitely one guy that you don't want having follow you around there's no way but uh, yeah, man. Like so, we that's that's what Other I got. Than that that's time. about all you really have to watch out for. Yeah. Like the the violence really isn't no, bad. There's a no. small bit of violence, but you don't. A little bit of violence. Um, like I said, nothing too shocking, man. Like I said, if you've if you followed us up to this point, or even if you're starting at this point, this is super tame compared to what we've done, and what we'll continue to do. But it's still a great film, regardless. Though the way it's presented is, it's almost the equivalent of just like watching someone get hit. Even yeah. when it's something a little bit more extreme than that, the way it's presented is it's only as shocking as watching someone get hit. Yeah. It's like I said, it's, I think it's more voyeuristic. But it's more shocking and it's more terrifying in the atmosphere that it's that's built around it. Yeah. Which I think we're about to get right into. We're about to... Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. We'll, uh, we'll get into the, uh, the guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Right, so we're in the guts and bolts of we our fifteenth film, man, and it's into the guts and we're bolts. still talking about Halloween. And we're going to go in and we're going to we're going to plow through this movie. Yeah, man. So you know, I'm so I love this movie. Oh man, I, I do too, man. It even starts and off. Part of the reason awesome. is that's how I was going to say. My first note is awesome from the jump. Yeah, man. So you get the opening credits, of course, like you always do with films, and, and this time period especially. Uh, then it goes into the iconic, is what I put, piano music intro. If you're familiar with it. Um, John Carpenter, did yeah, the man. Score. 
fantastic job all, all the way through. So, I've actually been listening to it all week. I, I yeah, watched dude, the movie I'm, twice, awesome. but uh, when I'd come home like from work and shit, like I'd just throw on the soundtrack. Yeah, and why not? It's awesome. So good all the way through. Yeah, we've uh, we've done some pretty good films with with. Uh, I don't know how to properly describe. I know. It. I, I don't want to even try to attempt. It's iconic it's, if you're familiar with this film. Just as much as Michael Myers. From, from the from the jump, it, it sort of snares you in, though. Like, this is the movie you're getting. Here's a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, jack-o'-lantern with the, the film credits. And it kind of, like, slowly kind of pans into the, the jack-o'-lantern. And then you open up. Uh, I got Haddonfield, Illinois, Halloween night, 1963. So we open up on Halloween night. It's really rainy, dark. You see... Um, some teens making out. Oh, this isn't raining. It's just teens making out. So we start right. off with the house. Well, Sorry, it, you start off and it's all point of view. Yeah, it is. It's and just it's like Michael a first person. Myers. Yep. Well, it's young Mike. Yeah, we're not quite sure it's yet, Mikey. but it's Michael. Yeah. It's Mikey. Yeah, and uh, you see him in, like outside of a two-story white house is what I got down. Uh, you see well, an older... You don't see him. It's all... No, no. It's just a point of view. It's just his uh, and you see first these, person point of view. You see these teens making out on the couch. Yeah. It's starting to get a little hot and heavy, perhaps. It goes upstairs. And then he sort of comes around the back and shit. And grabs a butcher knife from the kitchen. Grabs a butcher door. knife, starts up the, up the stairs a little bit. Well, first the, well, the boyfriend leaves. Oh. Yeah, he goes up the stairs. Very quickly, but, you know, whatever. Not going to judge. Didn't take, like didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as kids do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, so little, little Mikey goes upstairs. Uh, his sister is sitting down, I guess, you know, like, Brushing out her sex hair. Yeah, basically. Uh, she's, she's she's getting brushing herself... Brushing out her sex hair. That's what's going on. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> she's getting herself fancied up. Like, once again, mm-hmm. she's, you know, you get, you get to see some breasts this time. Just as soon as you see a little Mikey pick up, a, like, a little, a little mask. He puts on a mask, and then it goes into that first-person point of view from the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he starts to stab his and sister just, with that yeah, butcher knife. stabby, stabby. And she's like, oh, no, stop. <laughs> you know, that kind of nonsense. That you it's get. kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it is like nobody really gets stabbed and says that what she says. But you know, this is a film. That was probably the worst part of the movie, honestly. Yeah, that's why she it didn't only last gets long. better from here, and it's probably not as bad as we've already done so far. Like Wizard, Wizard of War was probably worse than that. Oh man, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just as soon as he stabs his sister, um, he goes downstairs outside the house, and then Mom up to the up, up to the curb. Up. Yeah, parents pull up. It, you know, they're like, what do they say? Something like Mikey or Michael or some shit and like that. And he's sitting there just holding a bloody knife. And this is when the camera finally yep. sort of like pulls back. And you see him just a little sitting kid, there. Yeah. Like, he's got like a, almost like a clown, clown costume. costume. Yeah. And he's just blank faced. Holding the butcher knife with a little bit of blood at the, at the tip. Implying that he killed his sister, of course, that we saw. Uh, but yeah, then. And then 1978. Yeah, we go. We go to, yeah, we get a Smith's Grove, right? We're still in oh, Illinois. That's right. Uh, the night before he's Halloween. He's not identified as Dr. Loomis no. yet, but this no, no, no. is This a, is the part where it's stormy and rainy. This is a huge character. Dr. Loomis. Yep. Uh, a lot... Like, this is one of the things where a lot of... Not all, yeah. but a lot of slasher movies to follow this will have a character in this vein where it's kind of like a an arch nemesis of sorts. That's a good point. The, you, you have, like, like I said, an insider who's knowledgeable about the person or the perpetrator and... Uh, they're they're there to help, but somehow it always goes awry. So this is that character. <laughs> yeah, this is this guy. You're right. And this is Donald Pleasance. Yeah. This was almost Christopher Lee. Man, could you? Oh, holy shit! That would have been awesome. Yeah. No, no offense to Donald Pleasance, but no, man, we're talking no about Christopher whatsoever. Lee here, man. But you know, Christopher Lee on, is absolutely a legend. Mm. Probably my favorite Dracula. 
Man, that, yeah, because that would be hard to argue with you there, man. I would agree. Probably my favorite Dracula. I'm not going to argue with you. Christopher Lee's awesome. But yeah, we get them, uh, they're entering the Illinois State Jail, or prison, right? Mm-hmm. Soon as they pull out, he gets out, I guess, to check in with the guards or whatnot. You get this, what I put, like a creeper jumps on the top of the roof of the car, and the right. nurse is still inside. Well, it, how's it go? Like, they're they're going to go bring him to his parole hearing, it seems like. I think so, and he they keeps talking about it. They never make it clear, it. but... No. Like, it's basically like they're having to do it for the state, Well, that. yeah, and, she discusses the fact, like... Um, you know that he that he shouldn't refer to Michael as it as he. He's like, no, this is this is not a human. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyhow, they talk about Michael, what he did. Uh, they suggest shooting him up with Thorazine. He's like, you know, he'll be basically like just mummified or stupefied, zombified. He's like, that's basically the point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he says, you know, this kid's been here 15 years, hasn't spoken a word. He tells him, never, never, never let this guy free. Right. So that's basically the whole point. They're, I guess they are well, taking she's to like even a asking him. She's like, if you feel this strongly, why, like, why are you even bringing him? He's like, I have to. This yeah, it's the law. Job. Like, this is what I have to do. Yeah, it's. I mean, exactly. This is what he has to do. This is part of the job. But yeah, as soon as he exits the car, like I said, I put a loony jumps on the car. Well, that was the other was thing, weird. though. Like, she notices that some of them are just walking about. And yeah, so and she, you're right. She does comment about that. Some of them must have that. broke out when he got out. That would make perfect sense. Yeah, she does. They never really explain that. And even later on, when he's talking with like the head, what I assumed was the head of the place, right? It's it's a really short scene. Yeah, like it's never brought up then either. Yeah, a lot of it is just kind of, I guess, left to wonder a little bit, ponder. Which I'm fine with. It's just yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's it's not that really important. You know, unless you want to nerd out on it, I suppose, like we do. It's part of what eventually kind of makes this movie so scary, like the fact that like. Michael Myers mysterious. is this kind of weird, mysterious, supernatural yeah. presence. Well, that's a good point. It's it's open. And as much as we uh, suck off Rob Zombie in some some of these episodes, like yeah. it's kind of why his Halloween isn't as good is because he felt the need to explain some of this. Yeah, that's a, that's another good point too because it doesn't really have to be explained that much. I mean, it, yeah, it gives it it gives it a good side story, but not that it's really that important. Which is weird because another one of his movies, Lords of Salem, yeah. I feel works best because he doesn't explain a lot. Yeah, because it. it's super fucking dark and gloomy, and that's what I like about that. Anyway. I know we're nerding out once again, but it, I mean, he did it, a it Halloween. Still it was a well, yeah, it still ties back to what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> But the the fact, like I said, that that you have some of the, the the some of the patients, if you want to call them that, are freely roaming the, the complex. Asylumites. Yeah, the asylumites. I like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of them manages to jump on the roof of the car while the nurse is inside. He grabs in through the window that's partly open. Grabs you know her her hair, her neck. She gets all spooked out and she goes over to the passenger side. He smashes the passenger side window. She finally gets out. Well, she starts to panic, doesn't she? She drives off at first, and then she jumps out. She manages to get out. Uh, this movie, <sighs> that, that scene alone, I think, is a really good uh, uh, example how another thing that I noticed while re-watching this movie with a very you know critical eye right, and taking right. notes and everything is that it's almost a, it's almost a master class on how to properly use jump scares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Because all you and see how is to the sort hand. of set them up so they make sense, yeah, or how to sort of slowly bring in some, because there's definitely some like that you know, later on. Yeah, you don't really see him. I mean, you you know it's him, 
but you don't really see him mm-hmm. per se. And so. that first one is like a genuine jump scare. That second one, like, oh yeah, he's going to attack, but whatever. What, like, which angle is he going to come in from? And then like yeah. through the glass, and you're like, oh, that's oh, shit. I would never would have guessed that. Like, yeah, and then she, I guess she gets back to her, you know, her driver's side, drives off in that little gully. <laughs> Right, she jumps out. She's freaking out. He jumps in, takes off. The doctor starts, you know, to start like, "Hey, hey what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> duh, duh. <laughs> you know, kind of that moment. He's kind of just glad she's safe, though, if I remember right. But then yeah. we then we transition. We're in Haddonfield. Yeah, present day Haddonfield. Halloween. Um, it's Halloween day, right? Uh, I I put down that Lori, who is Jamie Lee Curtis, right? She's leaving the house. She's got like a bunch of school books with her, right? She's just kind of trotting off. Supposedly, or maybe assumingly, she's going to school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her dad comes out. He starts to mention to drop off a pair of keys at the Myers house, right? I guess there's somebody coming by to look at it. Maybe he's a real estate agent. So she's all right. I'm going to. I guess she's on her way, whatever. Then you see the little kid, Tommy, right? He runs up on her. The introduction of Tommy. Yeah, little Tommy. Who decides to just just bombard her with yeah, questions. Yeah, he does, man. Holy shit. He starts to ask her about the evening and what they're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. It very much, I mean, you you very much get that she's his babysitter. Yeah, you would imagine, man. As far as the kids, what do you think? Maybe like somewhere between eight to ten, maybe. Yeah, I was yeah, I'd say eight or nine. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. She goes off her normal path, and he makes a note of it. He's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Oh, I have to drop this off at the Myers house." And as they pull up to it, like you do see Dad's real estate agent because there's a. A sign up. Realty out exactly. And I think there's even that on the maybe the car that he has. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we can tell he's a real estate agent. But yeah, she goes up to uh, the drop the key off at the doorman. And that kind of like Tommy's like, you know, that's a spook house, man. I, mean, I think he may have even mentioned like somebody told him, maybe it was Annie or somebody, told him that, you know. Oh, it's a haunted house. Awful stuff yeah. happened there or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is as soon as she drops off the key and starts to turn around to go off the porch, uh, you get to see the inside. It's dark inside. It's been vacant for years. It's run down. But uh, perhaps there's Michael Myers inside, looking from the uh, from the inside on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, so well, he's kind of spying they, on her. Or whoever is in there is spying on her. Tommy jump runs off. Yep. And he's like, well, I'm going to head off to school or whatever. And she starts singing to herself or whatever. Yeah. And as she's walking up the street. Yeah. This was actually one of my favorite moments in the movie. Partially because it reminds me of one of my favorite moments in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. To relate it back to Rob Zombie. It's okay. But uh, you just get like this 30 second shot of just over the shoulder. All you see is Michael Myers' shoulder. Yeah, I of know him you're right. just staring at her. And I like that, that point of view too. It's it's really gives you like <laughs> so that creep factor, a little bit of anxiety, maybe a little bit of tension, stuff like that. So, man, yeah, it's a good setup. Yeah, exactly. It's just this, you know she's being watched. Yeah, exactly. You're not quite in there with it yet, but you can see that that's what's doing it. It's not just you. Because that was the one confusing thing, was that there was times when... There's a lot of times when they put you into into uh, Michael Myers' view. Yeah. The shapes oh, view. Because yeah. I believe it's actually... it. We all know it's Michael Myers, but he's credited as the shape, if I remember and right. And that makes perfect sense, because he just kind of looms, mm-hmm. you know. But probably partially, at least due to budget constraints, there's also a lot of times where it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a shaky cam, like a fucking handheld 
Yeah. It's not like on a it's not like on a rig or something so that you get this steady cam zoom across and stuff. So there's you know, times where you get like, like these these camera pans where you're you're kind of walking and you know you're walking but you're not supposed to be in Michael Myers's view. Yeah, I say and that's why I feel like it's so you a have little to bit voyeuristic. Listen for like the heavy breathing and then you know you're him. Oh, without a doubt. And you're like, "Yes, this is." But this yeah, is one of the few times you're smart. not directly him. No, you're right. You're right. You just see it over his shoulder so that you know exactly what's going yeah, you, on and what's setting you, you get up. The, like I said, you get the feeling that he's watching her, or at least spying on her, or taking note of her, or what have you. Um, and then this is where I put down that Dr. Loomis and another doctor, uh, they're discussing Michael Myers escaping the state hospital from the night before, right? So, you know, they're going on about, I guess, the consequences and what this means, right? Mm-hmm. And then I guess it pans back to... Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori. Uh, sitting, she's sitting in class, and the teacher's carrying on about whatever subject the hell they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she's on she's and off. daydreaming, essentially. Looks off the window. Yep, and outside she sees Michael Myers sitting next... Or the shape? On the driver's side of a station wagon. That's the other thing. I found that the in. shape was a lot easier to write than Michael Myers. I just put M.M. I did that a couple <laughs> times. That's all I did. We know who it is. But, uh, yeah, he's just kind of peering into the classroom... Well, she's the only one, apparently, who sees that. And then, just like any cliche, the teacher calls on her because she's not paying attention. She answers. She knows her shit. Yeah, she's on top of it. Yeah, teacher says precisely that. Those books weren't for nothing. She's a smart cookie. Yeah, so the teacher carries on. She looks back out, and then I think maybe she sees him one more time, and then he's gone. Yeah. Um, So, you know, is she daydreaming? Is this really happening? It's You know, we're kind of getting back to that theme a little bit. So anyhow, after that happens, well, we know she's not, but she doesn't. Oh know yeah, she, she doesn't know for sure. Yeah, but you know, we know for sure. Um, anywho, it goes back to like uh, another little cut scene with Tommy. Right, you get like a group of three kids are kind of teasing him about the boogeyman and shit like that, and he's got a, a jack o' lantern or a pumpkin. This is in his probably hand. the worst acted scene in the entire movie. Ah uh, yeah, I mean, because they're just kids, man. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I, I didn't expect too much from him. I'm no, just, I'm it's saying. it's a little filler, but you know, it gives you an idea of about what's going on with Tommy, right? Um, they start to tease him about the boogeyman, and anyhow, eventually they wind up shoving him down, or they keep teasing him and shit. He, I guess, he maybe smashes that pumpkin that he's carrying. Um, oh yeah, he they they trip him and he lands on it. Yeah, and then like they start to they they laugh as kids do. One of them walks off, and then Michael Myers puts his hands on the kid's shoulders, spooks the kid who's looking up. And, and he then, runs off. Yeah, the kid runs off. We see and Michael Myers kind of creeps kinda on Tommy. He's kind of creeping on Tommy, yeah, because Tommy's walking off around the side of the school building, maybe into the front of the you know the foyer or the, the courtyard. And then he hops into his car, and then I think you get like a three, uh, like a backseat shot from the station wagon, like peering at and Tommy like as he's as he's walking that little sidewalk going back into the main entrance, perhaps of the school. He, and I'm like, man, the whole time he's like right beside the kid, and the kid never looks over as yeah, Michael Myers is weird, creeping like, on him. Because yeah. he was going slow. Like, he's that pretty obvious weird. with that his iconic like mask on. There's a lot of times where things are done pretty realistically in this movie, but I think yeah. that was one of the times where like, the kid would have at least like looked over or something. Yeah, you, for as long as he followed him, you, even as at that age, I was always had the little jitters about somebody following me or something was behind me. Who Regardless of what time of day My was. hometown was so little and overall safe that most people even left most of their things unlocked. Yeah. And that still would have been enough to, like, set me off. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean... It, like, that's how safe of a place I was in. That still would have been, like, what the... 
Yeah, there's re- there's reason enough for any child to have the 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 creeps. What's you know what's behind your shoulder? But anywho, um, he eventually speeds off, and he I'm talking about Michael Myers speeds off. Then we get a shot of Doctor Loomis. He's on a payphone, like by the side of some road. It looks like he's on the phone with the officer, and he's talking about Michael Myers heading into Haddonfield, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to you know try to warn him about the kind of the impending doom. And he's like, you know, it's your funeral if you don't take you motherfuckers note. Motherfuckers, listen to me. I know yeah. what I'm talking about. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's listening to him, right? And he's like, I don't know, he's maybe, what, 75 miles outside of Haddonfield or somewhere about right, at that point. Right, uh, because... It could be a halfway point between the, the two towns. Because the, the psychiatric ward place was 150 miles. Yeah, so, so like I said, about a halfway point, yeah. basically. And so, you know, he eventually hangs up the payphone. He goes over to, like, um, it looks like an abandoned truck. I don't know, it was like some sheets or some shit that's hanging yeah, out? Yeah, there was, yeah, uh, some uniforms or something strewn about. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, or I'm, I'm guessing what this is where we're assumed that this is where he got his coveralls. That Yeah, that would probably make sense. Because that's not something that's stolen from... No, not from a psych ward, I would imagine. I don't no. see them wearing jumpsuits like that. No, and it was also not something that's stolen from the hardware store later. No, because the they don't mention any clothes no. outside of masks. That's no, it. no, just the mask. Yeah. So. so that would make sense. That would make perfect sense. But he eventually finds a little matchbook uh, that the nurse had in the station wagon from the night before. Right? He, mm-hmm. he had seen that, I guess, when she struck the match to, to light her cigarette. Anyway, he finds it. He, you know, he scatters off. Then it goes to Laura, or Lori, excuse me, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Linda, Annie. And they're, uh, well, two of them start off. Uh, just talking about cheerleading and whatever the routine. I like this whole sequence because yeah. it's it's kind of realistic. They're yeah, it's like something that would happen in high school. Back and forth. And, and I like it because they're it, just trying to get laid. And it's very natural too the way they they talk. They're very themselves. natural with each other, and that's that's the whole thing. Is they're basically just like they're making their plans for after school. Exactly. They're all trying to meet up with their boyfriends in some way or another. But like, yep. one of them's grounded. This and that. It's just, it's just like, like I said, a typical high school setting, right? With with girls and boys and Jamie the Lee's the nerdy one. Yeah, she doesn't have she's a boyfriend. She's just gonna go. Well, that and she's just overall nerdy anyway. Yeah, she's just, exactly especially she's, compared to the others. She's but. your like I said, stereotypical mature nerdy kind of you know. And she's just gonna be chick. babysitting, but she'll be having a fun time anyway. This and that. You see, yeah, after well, they, they start talking about Annie's boyfriend, I think, or whatever. The car drives by. Yep, station wagon starts to kind of tell. And they make mention of, like, this is somebody else, like another kid they from think, oh, is high that school. This guy's like, oh, I think he's cute. And, like, yeah. yell and out to him, and he just stops. Yeah. Speed kills. That's what Annie yells at him. Speed kills. And then she's like, That oh. motherfucker kills. <laughs> Little does she know. But he does. He slams on the brake, and she's like, wow, can't that guy take a joke or some shit like that? <laughs> or, like, can't the cute ones take a joke? No, it's like, some uh, shit. Or guys with I hate cars. A, yeah, I hate a guy with a car with a bad attitude or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I can't know. take a joke. Any, anywho, yeah. Like, like I said, he slams with the brakes. No they make sense no... of humor or something like that. Uh, fuck, I wish yeah, I knew. Yeah, I, but it's it's to the kind of that, that point. But uh, he winds up speeding off. And then... Um, oh, the best part of that, though, is when he first pulls up and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of like... She kind of knows. She notices it, and she kind of zones out on what oh, her yeah. friends She's are like, saying. No, that's not him. Her friend, uh, it would have been Linda. Okay, the blonde. Because Linda's a bit of an airhead. Yeah, she she plays that part. If you listen to her dialogue, it's some of the funniest shit, because she just goes <laughs> off, and she's like, 
Oh, I forgot my book, my French book, and my and other this book. book. I never really bring out all my books. Who needs book anyway? I always forget all my work. And she just goes <laughs> off, and the other two just let her just just ramble. Da, 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 da. I'm gonna do. I forget my book and this book. She does and say that, that book. It's not. Is she ad libbing? It's so bad. It's good. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, it, it fits Ooh. in with what her character is all about, I suppose, or what they were talking about in general, which mm-hmm. is kind of nonsensical in, in any sense. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like I said, he eventually speeds off. Then I think Lori mentions about babysitting at the Doyles, which I thought was funny because that's my last name. Then they're still walking a little bit later on. Linda peels off, and it's just Annie. Yeah, I think. Um, and... Yeah, I think it's just the yeah Linda. She bounces. Um, Lori sees uh, maybe Michael Myers spying from a pair of bushes, right? Up ahead. And she alerts Annie about that, and Annie goes over to inspect and it. He's already stepped behind. Yeah, he's like he kind of does that little pop out, and then he pops back into the bushes. Like, <laughs> She's like, over I there. See you, bitch. Yeah, he's by the bushes. And she goes she over goes there. She goes to check it out, and he's like, oh, he wants to take you out. Come over here. He yeah. thinks you're cute or something here like that. Here he is. <laughs> yeah. And She's she comes teasing over. Him. Nothing. Nothing, exactly. Uh, she likes it. She inspects. There's nothing, right? Eventually, I guess Annie goes off to her house, right? And um, as She gets jump scared by her dad. Yeah. Well, not her dad. Lori. By... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gets spooked, right? Right. By the by cop Sheriff Brackett. who is Annie's, Annie's dad. Yep, exactly. Right? And he makes mention, you know, or they make mention that it's Halloween. He didn't mean to spook her. But, you know, everybody's allowed at least one scare, mm-hmm. right? And then she keeps getting freaked out because she hears some noises, too. But then it's trick-or-treaters. And... Yeah, she hears, like, a woman say, oh, no. You know, mm-hmm. you hear, and she comes around, like, the maybe the side of a house onto, like, the, the little sidewalk of the main row. Anyhow. But, yeah, you see a bunch of kids trick-or-treating. And she's like, ah. Oh. She makes mention of something like uh, she thought she grew out of those superstitions and stuff like that. This is when she's back in the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she, she goes a, eventually oh, yeah. back in then the house. Then she gets in the house and she looks outside. She's, she's like up in her bedroom and stuff. And there's the shape again. Yeah, the shape is down by the clothesline, right? Dude. See, this is why this already is getting to the point. Like, this is why I think this movie is more scary than The Hills Have Eyes. You know, thinking about that scene now, I'm thinking about that the clothesline scene. Uh, another film that I think that used that properly was It. Yep. There we go. Yep. So I'm like, maybe that is, maybe, maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but maybe I'm making a connection. Like Hills Have Eyes, they were being hunted, and that's where like a lot of the scariness and was. I can in. understand that, but it's a different. But this one's like scare. a weird supernatural hunting. Like he's there, then he's not. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it pays ode to maybe her, her character, like saying, is this, am I imagining this shit? Am I, am I wanting to imagine this? That's why I'm seeing this? You know, stuff like that. Because it, it happens and so he's fast. Just this weird blank figure just staring. Exactly. He's not watching. really exactly not doing anything outside of staring. Watching. And it's not normal being hunted. He's just he's there, and yeah, then he's there, weird, and you man. see him traveling behind the scenes, like taking the car different places, this and that. Yeah, man. But it always it always manages to seem like he's just there, and he is, he's and just weird. there. And he continues to just be there, as we'll see. Yeah, appropriately at all times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like I said, you're right. And after she sees that, like I said, I think that's when she, she like, she says, I thought you were over these superstitions and whatnot. She eventually gets a phone call. It's Annie, and then Annie talks about picking her up, like, later on that night around 630. Well, this sets up later on. Right. Uh, because she gets a phone call, and she only hears a little oh, the bit breathing. of breathing. Yeah, you're right. 
and she thinks it's an obscene call and hangs up. <laughs> she was like, about call that. Call again. Yep. And it's Annie. And she's like, oh, I was just chewing my gum or whatever. Like, yeah, she's like, I was breathing uh, or eat my food. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, I was just eat, you know. Yeah, she's like, can okay, you tell? Whatever. She's like, yeah, I could tell. But that she's, sets her up for being distrustful later on. That's, that's very I, true. Everything is set up. Is something I noticed after going through this movie. That's a, a good point, times. man. That's a great point because you would have thought that first call it could have been perhaps the the, the shape. Because you don't know what he's capable of at this point. Oh no, they're in, yeah, especially back then they didn't have interwebs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but she goes and meets up with Annie. Is the big thing. Yeah, and eventually I think uh, Lori starts to tell herself to calm down. I think she lays down and just, you know, whatever. And it's still giving her shit about the boys she liked and stuff. Yeah, I think she doesn't. She mentioned like she talked to him or something. And said she thought she was he was cute or. Yeah, she makes note of something of that nature. Yeah, as girls do. But uh, eventually, after that scene, we get to the night Loomis scene. in the graveyard. Yeah, man, um, I like that scene a lot. Uh, I think I just, really like this. Just scene. a little, just a little bit before that, though, you get uh, Lori enters uh, Annie's car because she picks her up. Yeah, right. Uh, she's got the jack o' lantern. She carries off, uh, and then she hands her a joint or maybe a cigarette. Well, and then we go to the the graveyard scene. Then we go to the got. graveyard. I was going to mention that once we got. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Right past. No, it's okay. It's okay. But you're right. We we'll get, get Doctor Loomis at the graveyard scene with the grave digger, or maybe mm-hmm. the the funeral caretaker, whomever. But I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he's the groundskeeper at any. Yeah. Rate. Groundskeeper Willie. He uh, he starts to tell a story. I think you. I, would like I didn't write down the story actually. Uh, what I really liked about that scene is the very end. Oh yeah, man! Is Loomis pointing out like, well, they're they're looking for for Judith's gravestone. Yeah, there's like a. I think he's following, he's got a coordinates he's following the diagram yeah. for the plots and shit, and they get there, and well, they get close and they see one's been ripped out, and he's like, oh god damn it! He's like, and the he kids figures out which one it is. Got it again, yeah. He and starts to count them off. Yeah, mm-hmm. Judith Myers. He's he even mentions like maybe maybe leading up. She's like, oh yeah, I'm. A, he like I think he vaguely remembers that for whatever reason. And I can't remember. A young if, I can't remember if that happening uh, allows him to even finish his story. I don't think it does. I think it's kind of cuts. I think him it off kind of abruptly. cuts him off right before the end. Yep. And that's when Loomis gets to just be like, he came home. Yep, he knows he's home at this point because uh, the gravestone has been dug up. This is when you should start getting scared because those motherfucking things are heavy. Yeah, if you've ever seen a headstone or whatever, what have you, yeah, you're not looking at something you just gingerly pick up. That's a lot. There's a reason they're buried, <laughs> you know? It's a lot of weight there. Yeah. And it's just... So, yeah, like I say, now you're dealing with possibly or perhaps a supernatural strength, I would presume. Maybe we even see some of that strength later on. Who knows? Then they're in the car getting high. Yeah, they're listening to one of my favorite 1970s jams, BOC's Don't Fear the Reaper. That's right. Or you can jokingly say Don't Fear the Reaper in their, in their uh. case. <laughs> but yeah, wait, wait. Anyhow, yeah, they're just, they're carrying on in the car, right? They're cruising around town. Guess who winds up pulling in behind them? Unbeknownst to them as well. Our boy. Yeah, he's creeping on them. Yeah, he just, he... he eventually just comes kind of tells right behind them i'm like he's, oh he's just, how convenient he's there the yeah. entire time he's just always watching yeah eventually the two girls uh being annie and laurie they wind up riding up on like a crime, uh, scene. A crime scene yeah and it's like oh no oh, they're riding shit. up on it's dad on dad which is annie's dad the sheriff right oh we got a joint stash that shit yeah they don't want you know like any any reasonable person they don't want to be smelling like it or perhaps even 
lead on to the fact that they're and stoned. And it's, it's not a big deal. It no. never comes up again. But Lori does mention later on that she's like, he smelled it. I know he did. <laughs> but he doesn't make any mention of it during the scene. Yeah. They stashed it well enough. Either that or dad's yeah. just playing it cool. No, he... He seems like a cool dad, apparently. Yeah, even for being a cop. But he, he told them... Uh, I mean, not that I'm saying that I think cops are automatically bad. I'm just no, saying... No, 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 no. Just like anything... For like, smelling illegal drugs on his teenage daughter and yeah. friends, he was playing Who just really pulled cool. up to a scene of a robbery that we're about to find out at a hardware store. Um, he tells Halloween them... Halloween mask is missing. Halloween mask are missing. Some rope, some knives, you know, typical stuff possibly for Halloween. Probably kids. Some kids. And she's like, ah, he always blames it on kids, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that's where, like he tells her the facts and he, and she's like, oh, you know, kind of getting snarky, whatever. Eventually the girls, they drive off, right? And then, uh, guess who shows up? Dr. Loomis. He just, oh, uh, he yeah. just so happens to show up right after they pull off. Um, and here's the cool part. That I'll, we're about to mention. He starts to go on to the sheriff about Michael Myers escaping, perhaps coming into the town, right? Because mm-hmm. of this, you know, where all this stuff happens. And, you know, he's kind of like, man, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with this stuff that's going on right here, you know? But he's, you know, he's kind of giving the time that's of right. day a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, just, just in case. But as he's talking to him, you see Michael Myers drive off I was right about behind to say him. That. So he's been stalking the girls. And then it just so happens Dr. Loomis pulls up, you know? So he's getting to see all all of them. At, and he's like, okay, it's it's all motherfuckers. <laughs> right? But I thought it was kind of cool that the doctor was so oblivious to the fact that Michael Myers is fucking right behind him. Right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They end up heading back to their That's neighborhood because they live close to each other. Yeah. It, it seems like this, this neighborhood or this town is maybe... You know, not not that big, but it's pretty nice. Seems like it's pretty nice. Uh, and Annie goes over to do the babysitting that she's going to do. Yep. Lori goes home, which is right across the street. Yeah, so they're, I mean, they're literally right across the street from each other. Then Loomis and the cop uh, go to the Myers' house, because Loomis convinced, Loomis man- manages continually to convince the cop just enough. Yeah, just enough to keep him intrigued. Just enough to keep him intrigued. Maybe just, just enough to keep him going and do what he's doing. Just for the night, you know. He doesn't what, really what, want to, but he's like, yeah. What harm could it do? Yeah. You know, it's not If that you're big, really but... right about this, then I really do need to be here. You know, in, in a good sense, it's, it's, it's you know, like, he's like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose, but, you know, on the whim, might, you know, just in case. Like they don't said. show it, but they find a dead dog. Yeah, you apparently he's been gnawed on. It's still bad. warm as well. They make mm-hmm. note of that. But yeah, they're like, no man would do this. And he's like, maybe it was a skunk. Is that what he said? Yeah, he's like, maybe it was a skunk. Yeah, no, 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 no skunk. Like, yeah, no man would do this. Like, they would have smelled that, dude. They would have smelled the skunk, especially a man. warm skunk. Yeah, dude. And then they get freaked out a little bit upstairs mm-hmm. with like a little. Yeah, I think I, the, the house I think is just falling apart, and I think it was just yeah. The doctor just so happens to be next to like a window. Mm-hmm. And something falls down and cracks. Swings it. and cracks the window. And you find out Loomis is a fucking quick draw. Yeah, he is. <laughs> God damn, he's on top of that, dude. He has that six gun out. That lets you know that he has seen some shit, perhaps, in his time, you know? This guy is weathered a little bit. That's, yeah, he's, oh. I actually, I want to talk about that for a second. <laughs> right? Because there was something, there was a reason why, the other reason why, uh, I thought it was so cool that Donald Pleasance was in this movie. Yeah. Pleasance. Oh, yeah. So, so Donald Pleasance, you mentioned him. Looking yeah, like a little weather. Yeah. Shit. And maybe his skill with a pistol is a little bit earned, mm-hmm. given his age. 
I would think, what, what do you think? He his was age? around in, well, I think he was born in like 25 or something. So I was thinking he probably looks like he's in his 50s or right there at it. Yeah. So, I mean, being an English actor, right. he was living in Britain when World War II broke Yeah, as we said, the war. Yeah. He initially refused conscription as a conscientious objector. Right. But when uh, the Luftwaffe started the Blitz on London, he changed his mind. He's like, yeah, because hey, they I got bombed this. So he enlisted in the Royal Air Force. I don't. He wasn't a pilot. Uh, I think he was like uh, the the radio guy on like okay. the bombers. Gotcha. But he flew in sixty raids wow. or like sixty missions, uh, and then I believe was shot down behind enemy lines. Ooh, well, that's a good movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So on the thirty first of August, nineteen forty four, he was shot down during an attack. Captured and imprisoned in a German prisoner war camp, where he, he produced and acted in plays. The war's end in 1945, he was liberated from captivity and returned from England. Wow. Jesus. And he was discharged the next year. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then went back to acting. Sometimes you have to take a break, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd say, his, I'd say fighting holiday. Nazis is a great break. That was his holiday. <laughs> Away from acting. But yeah, wow, 60, what a story, man. 60 missions. I could not imagine that, man. Not 60 raids, I guess. No, that's but still, missions, but... what have you. That's still a, a substantial number to be involved in, regardless. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Hats off to him, man. Pretty awesome. So, maybe there's a reason he looks a little weathered. And, uh... Uh, that makes perfect sense, man. Uh, not only that, but also to the fact of the movie, <laughs> uh, it just so happens to be that he's been chasing or like, having these meetings with Michael Myers for 15 years. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that would probably bode that to the fact. That probably did a little bit too, I guess. <laughs> Even I mean, that's fictional. But... <laughs> I, was, I was going for Nazis. You were going no, for Michael that, Myers. That makes perfect sense, like say what you were talking about with the war. I mean, hello. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that was part of the fact he talks about drawing out his gun. And he also talks about having a permit and some other stuff as well. Well, and it's during all this that he sort of, isn't he telling the I think cops he gives him a little about story. Michael Myers? He's like... Uh, like I've been observing him for, or like working with him for like fifteen years. Yeah. And he's like for the first like he six or something. And shit. Yeah, he's like I thought Despondent. I thought I could do something and nothing. He's basically like my my conclusion is that like this child is evil. Yeah, this basically. kid is beyond reproach. Like, yeah, you're right. It's no longer it's no longer human. No, just giant eyes of the devil. It's, yeah, essentially. No, no emotion. No sense or of good or evil, just just is. Yeah, it's a predator, you know, and not even is. really, not not even really truly a predator too. No, just, just like this desire and, to cause harm and and the in the sense that he needs to stalk, he needs to maybe prey on pe- on mm-hmm. things, whatever, what have you. But yeah, he, like I said, he gives the sheriff a little anecdote of why he he does the things he does. Right, this is where I put after the scene in the house that he has with the sheriff, um, Lori. Jamie Lee Curtis starts to read a little Tommy, right? He's, I guess she's reading some story. He gets a little bored. He wants uh, he's to got a stash, man. He got a, he got a stash up underneath the couch. He's like, my parents don't want me to have him. I'm like, I know what you mean, kid. Yeah. I know what you mean. I thought he meant something different. And then he pulls out some comic books and, mm-hmm. you know. Tarantula uh, man and some other bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he, he likes what well, he, he likes. he names off all these generic names, but there's a couple times later on mm-hmm. where you can see his comics sitting next to him on the couch. Yeah. And it's Howard the Duck. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which, that's a movie I grew up with. Not the comic book per se, but the the movie, mm-hmm. which is awesome. 
But then, he, then George he's, Lucas movie, right? It might be, man. I'd have to look at that, but you, you might be right. Anyway, it's sorry. a great film, man. But uh, he starts to ask about the boogie duck man. boobs. <laughs> duck boobs. There's duck boobs. Anyway, they're they're, they're hard, man. You're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess Tommy's carrying on uh, about the boogeyman because the kids teased him about the boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. During that little altercation, I guess she starts to mention something about the boogeyman, like he's not real or some shit. And uh, this is when she gets interrupted because Annie's calling. Right? Annie calls. They're off gossiping. Uh, the dog starts to bark, right? But the the shape, right? Tommy looks outside. Yeah, and there's the shape. There's a shape, and he's he or it is looking in on Annie, I believe, mm-hmm. from the house across the street, and that's why Tommy sees it. And then he starts to carry on more about the boogeyman, right? The, Spooks the him. Boogeyman outside. Look. Yeah, the dog begins then to bark, they look and he's not there because yep. that's what he does. Yeah, and then if Annie you're eventually right. he's watching Annie now. Yeah, he is. He's he is at the house where Annie's at, right? Babysitting. And Annie the other kid. spills a bunch of butter on herself and She's has like, oh, to get no. undressed. And, did she call like she starts to call it a jerk and shit like? <laughs> yeah. Like what? What are you talking about? She spills butter on herself, so you know, like any slasher film, you have the, one of the girls has to get nude, right? She gets naked. She takes off her clothes. She gets, gets into a robe. With like a, it's not even a robe. I think no. it's just like a, it's a big white button up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. And uh, Michael or the shape is looking in on all this sort of doing little things to sort of draw her attention around and get her a little bit scared because he, he likes he likes causing sort of terror like some of the yeah. times he could easily pull on just to just yeah done if he, something if he had that yeah if he had that that motivation perhaps could have done it if he wanted mm-hmm. to but you're right he eventually knocks over like this plant uh like this potted plant right and it startles her he kind of you know sneaks off whatever she needs to wash her clothes so she's getting all the shit ready for that right. and the dog's barking she's like yeah oh, lester's barking go shut him up michael myers shuts him up yeah michael you don't myers. really get to see anything it seems like he might have bear hugged him to death yeah you just sort of see the legs go limp and that's it yeah so that's outside of his sister that's his second yep okay so that's his second victim right then you cut back over to Lori's house yeah and Lori and Tommy are watching a movie, right? Did you make a note of what it was? Oh, yeah, it's a thing. I was like, yes, man, we know what that is. For those of you who don't know. Yeah, man, it's another John Carpenter. But there's there's an original as well. Exactly, so... That's what they're watching, late night. Yeah, they're watching the original, the the Hudson or Howard Hawk. I think so. Not Hudson Hawk. No, 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 no. no, no. Bruce Willis movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have been talking about Kurt Russell and all these other guys. Uh, like a Howard Hawk movie. Yeah. I think its full name might be like the thing that came from outer space. Or I think something. you're right. Yeah, but it just comes up. You see the thing. Exactly, and we know what that means. Years. I mean, yeah. well, no, we don't know what it because well, I think yeah, he didn't we, do that exactly. till about ten years later. I think. Yeah, I think you're right, man. So maybe it's a prelude to that. Yeah, that's a good point. Just the fact that he's a that's a very good point. Yeah. So, but it does just shorten it to the thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's pretty cool though, man. She starts, uh, well, she, she, Jamie Lee Curtis, she starts to explain uh, what the boogeyman or isn't to Tommy, right? Then they start to go off uh, to make jack-o'-lanterns, right? Eventually she's like, you know, just let's make some jack-o'-lanterns, yep. right? This is when we see Annie. Annie's she enters the washroom. She goes to the washroom. Lights and power off, as they always are. The phone starts to ring, right, while she's inside the washroom. 
Uh, the kid, there's a kid, a little girl inside. She's watching. But the door sort of magically slams shut and locks. It does, and that's, that's not when good. you first start thinking, "Oh, she, there's maybe even more going on to Michael Myers." Yeah, maybe like I said, maybe supernatural powers along with supernatural strength and the ability to show up and disappear whenever freely. Uh, she's trapped in. She tries to claw out the window. She kind of gets stuck in the window. She gets, yeah, she gets trapped, wedged in between something, right? The kid eventually answers gets the out phone. there. Well, answers the phone. It's her boyfriend. Yeah. She goes out to, well, she goes out to give her the message and ends up having to go help her out. Yeah. She, she tells her back in. She tells answers her it's the phone. Paul. Right, it's yeah. It's Paul. She got trapped in the window. He starts giving her shit about that. Yeah. But they're going to get it on anyway. Yeah, and guess who else? Because he was supposed to be grounded, but his parents went out of town. Yeah, fortunately for him, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you're right. And like I said, our boy is still creeping. Michael Myers, the shape, what have you, is creeping. Uh, Annie and Lindsay, they... uh, they go to walk over to uh, the Tommies, right? She she kind of talks the little girl into watching the movie that she was watching with Tommy across the street, it's right? Like, hey, if you that's a good you idea, could go watch it with Tommy. Yeah, and I can go. Get we some find dick. out. Yeah, she. We find out. We know what she's doing. She's trying to pawn off the little kid onto. She's not Jamie very Lee subtle. Curtis. No, none of them are. No, they're all very like no. We're, Outside of we're Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, they want to get naked and get their bone on. Apparently, but they do. They walk over, right? Uh, Annie agrees to to talk to Ben, right? So that she gives her shit about Ben early on, right? mm-hmm. the kid that she might like, if she watches the girl. So they're making a deal. She's like, all right, deal. I'll talk to him in the morning if you watch this little girl. She leaves to pick up Paul, presumably, right? She goes to the car. She forgot her fucking keys inside, right? Mm, too bad. So she goes inside, grabs right. her keys, comes back out. Guess who's waiting in, in the back seat? Well, I thought it was awesome because she gets in yeah. and she looks up and the windows are fogged on the inside and she gets it and then, boom, boom. from behind. She choke. gets choked, choke city. <laughs> and then neck cut. Yeah, she gets fucked up. Which right? you don't really see at all. Nah, you don't. Not really. And at, she's at all. Yeah, she's she's bit the bullet. So he's, we got three victims up to this point. And then this next part, I paused and laughed really hard out loud. Because the very next thing it cuts to is the kids watching a movie. Yes, that's true. They're watching a very particular movie with a very particular yes. actor front and center on the screen. And we just talked about this our last, actor Our last episode, in this movie, a little if bit. you didn't listen to it, was the Leslie Nielsen movie, Repossessed. Yes. In which we mentioned that he is in a sci-fi classic. Which just so happens to be this movie that the kids are watching. And he's right in the center of the screen. And the movie... Given a few, po- yeah. given a few lines. It's pretty awesome. I didn't write down his lines. Uh, me either. I used it to look up just to make sure that it was Forbidden Planet. But but yeah, I was like, that is. I was like, oh my god, that's weird because I've completely forgot that that's the movie they're watching. I you know I didn't even think of anything of it until I saw that scene. I was like, oh shit. So there's a <laughs> there's awesome. a young Leslie Nielsen right in the middle yeah. of your screen. One week after we get done doing Repossessed. Is that coincidence or not? Is this reality? <laughs> Is this for real? Is this real life? Oh, but yeah, that was pretty awesome, too. I did write that down, man. I thought it was awesome. Uh, and that's where you can also see the Howard the Duck comic next to him. Yeah, I'm glad that you noted that, because I wasn't paying attention for that. I just saw the Forbidden Planet. I was like, oh, that was enough to blow my mind. That's when, And then while they're watching, though, uh, Tommy, he sort of sneaks. He notices that Yeah, doesn't Lindsay, he want like, he wants to, like, uh, spook her a little bit. Yeah, or scare he notices her. that she's really 
she's really into it. So he, yeah, she's he sort of he sort of sneaks behind. The and curtains. He goes to sneak behind the curtains, and he starts fucking with like Lindsay. Yeah, he starts to fuck with her. And as he does that, he sort of turns around and looks out the window and sees the shape. The shape is carrying so off. He backs and he back up. into the house, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He's he sees the yeah the shape taking care of uh, Annie's body and carrying yes. it in the house, Fuck and so it. he scaredly starts to instinctively take a couple steps backwards and backs into Lindsay, who's yep. gotten up to check out what's going Spooks on, her. and they both freak the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, he saw the boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. He starts to carry on about that. That's when Jamie Lee Curtis comes out. Yeah, and she manages to calm him down, uh, and then it cuts back to Loomis at the Myers house, and it's kind of funny because there's some kids daring each other to go up to the Myers house. <laughs> I thought this house, was kind of funny. And he, he, may, <laughs> he yells at him from the bushes and scares yeah. him off. He's like... He he says one of the little kids' names because he overhears. It. He's like, he needs to get off the porch or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was funny because it does. It spooks the and kids off. And then he backs into the cop again, who of jump course. scares him, him. Yep. And then uh, it's just <laughs> a funny awesome. series of events. Yeah. But Loomis, he starts to carry on, or at least he tells the sheriff of the impending doom. Dude, he, Loomis has so many good lines, and he has one of them in there where he's just like, death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Yeah, he's uh, he's very poetic with his words, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah, after their little discussion, we see um, Linda and her boyfriend, Bob, right? Well, at the very end, the Sheriff also has a really kind of oh, yeah, 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 funnily yeah. delivered line, but kind of like impactful he, good, and man. poetic, and it's just like, uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember what he says if you're wrong, but he's like, if you're right, damn you for letting him go. Yeah, he... He puts all the blame on him. <laughs> that was funny. He's like, had he been there, he would have seen it from a different view. But anywho, that, that, you're right about that. That was pretty funny. So, yeah, then... No, that's Bob, like I said, that's when Linda and Bob are... They're in that van together, right? Bob and Linda show up. Uh, there's something we have to talk about that Bob says kind of at the end of the scene. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't write down all, this, all the stuff that they said, but I want to hear It's kind of weird. They're, they're planning on going inside... Yeah, they're having some beer. At, they're at having this point some too, beers. Right? Yeah. They pull up to Annie's. Right. She she lays out the plan of what room that they're going to go oh, into. Oh yeah, to go yeah, get yeah. Like on. upstairs, which room? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, now it then Bob, then she's like, "Do you understand?" And then Bob gives. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about. His what he heard. his version of his what version. He now heard. I think he was joking around. Of course he was, but yeah. But I can't see this kind of joke not being a mood killer. That's it because could. of who he says. It could be. He says, "Was it like?" He's a. I heard. Yeah. He's a, so yeah. You, room, me, and you, who else? He goes. Linda? You rip my clothes off. Yep. I rip your clothes off. Yeah. He says her like her blouse or some shit. She's like, "That's expensive." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you well, know, but, but then know. after when well, she's right. like, "Yeah, did you hear the plan?" and he's like, "Yeah, like, yep, I, I rip, rip your clothes off, you, you rip, rip my clothes off. off, we rip Lindsay's clothes off," <laughs> is who he says. <laughs> That's fucked up. I'm not sure I caught that the first time. I think I I thought he said Linda, and then I realized I think maybe that's what I wanted to hear. Linda, that's a great point. He says we rip. Lindsay's clothes off. Yeah, because if he's already ripped her clothes off, and then she rips his clothes off, and they're at the kid's house. 
<laughs> That's fucked up, man. And Lindsay was already mentioned because she was yeah. like, Why would uh, somebody mention- will distract Lindsay. That's weird. Yeah. Or something like that. Because I think it's Lindsay's room that they're going to get it on in. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. But that's, that's fucking weird that he said that shit. It's funny. But Lindsay's like nine. <laughs> yeah, man. She's a little girl. She's like that little kid's age. Maybe a year older or so. Like, I, I kind of get the joke he was trying to make. And I think maybe if he would have said, we rip Lori's clothes off. Yeah. It would have made a girls. lot better joke. Yeah. Or we rip Annie's clothes off. Exactly. It could have been... Any anybody not a kid, but the only other girl name I think that was mentioned, and I think that's why he pulled it. Yeah, it very well could be. <clears throat> They're like, you know, we're just gonna leave it in. That's fucked up. <laughs> he said it. We're gonna leave it in. <laughs> but uh, you're that's fucked up. That is funny though. Um, so yeah, after they lay out the plans, don't they go like inside the house, right? They yeah, they start making out in the living room, and Michael Myers is creeping in there already. Well, because they go into Annie's place, and that's kind of where he's been like making a base out of now. Yeah, exactly. He that's just got home done base taking now. Care of Annie's body, and yep, we know he's already in there. Yep, and yeah, like you said, they're making out on the couch. They you know they carry on. I put Eminem is in the house. Cues back over to Lori. Uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and the kids. They're putting uh, like they're a jack o' lantern on the top. Lantern. Yeah. They put on the table, I guess Lori sees the van across the street, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, even if she didn't see the van, Lucy then calls up. Yeah. Lucy asks, like, hey, we're we're over here. Like, hey, no, where's, where's Linda, Annie at? Yeah, Linda. Or not, not yeah. No, not. it's okay. Yeah, Linda does call over to Lori. And, yeah, like she's, yeah they're looking for Annie, right? Yeah. She, she's uh, like, oh, Annie went over to pick up Paul. She should be back whenever. Course, have her right. have her call me when she does. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So after they have that conversation, that's when Bob and Linda. Oh, they they're go like, upstairs. oh shit! Well, Lindsay's out of the house for the night. Yep. Guess what that means? We're gonna get it done. So they head upstairs. Yep. The place keeps getting called. It does. They keep the getting interrupted. And he's like, "Fuck it! I'm just gonna take it off the hook." Yeah, like so, so they're because they're carrying on upstairs, you know, and that's it keeps interrupting them. He can't. Focus or concentrate, right? They start getting it on. You see that Michael Myers is in the room with them. Yes, he is. And then it's a little bit later. He's finished off. Yep. Bob goes, goes down, downstairs, yep. right? Bob goes downstairs to, to get, get a beer, beer or something, yeah. Oh, my God. This is good, man. Oh, this is awesome, dude. And he, he thinks he sees some motion outside the window. Right, because he's and in the kitchen, right? He goes point. over there to check it out, and he's like, oh, fucking Paul's back. Like, you're just fucking with me. Knock it off. It's not funny and shit. And he opens up, it looks like a like a little closet at first. Yeah, it could be like a pantry closet. And he's just like, oh, like not in there. And he turns around and he opens up. I said the other one looked more like a pantry. I think he yeah. didn't know that the other one was just a closet. Because I don't think there's even room That's a for point, a body yeah. in there. In there, But the other one was like a full-on pantry. And as soon as he opens it up, Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. Bam. Slams him up against the fucking, fucking door. Chokes, chokes him. Ass out. Lifts him up, Lifts him up against the fucking, the frame a bit. Yeah, exactly, man. That shit's wild. And then stabs him in the gut. I thought it was funny because if you you see the knife he stabs him with. Yeah, it's his what? And then when you see the side view, it's not stuck in him far enough to go all the way through him. To stick him to the door. Consider the size of the butcher's knife, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would make perfect sense. But he sticks him to the door with it. Yeah, it fucks him up. I mean, that that whole scene is pretty awesome. Silent, and then he just sort of like, cocks damn. his head and looks at him. Yeah, he's got it nicely framed. <laughs> it's like, damn, nice, nice death scene, right? So now he's up to four victims. My count's right. Mm-hmm. Guess who shows Goes up upstairs. upstairs? 
this is another classic. I think if you've seen it spoofed, I've seen it spoofed before this. Yeah. You know, it's got it's just a a, a white sheet. Door right? opens, white sheet, glasses, Bob's glasses, yeah. holes cut. Looks like oh, a ghost. Exactly right. And you have Linda on the bed, and she's like, you know, she's like, are you? At gonna... first, she's playful about it, like, oh, uh, yeah. She even teases him, right? She teases him. We don't see him, but she's teasing him. He doesn't say anything the whole time. Yeah, He's just and staring she's at her. getting she's getting more and more pissed about it, and she's like, "Well, this is going nowhere. I'm going to call up uh, Lori and find out where Annie and Paul are." And as soon as she starts to call, yeah, he he strangles her from behind. But the call goes through. It does, because Lori's on the other end, and she thinks that she's getting pranked. She thinks it's Annie pranking her. Yeah, she's like, "This, you know, if this is, this is not because funny. earlier in the movie, yep." She called up and was just... Was eating food and breathing heavily and shit. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense that she's getting spoofed or cranked again. But she is starting to worry about it. She's like, fuck it, if you're just fucking around, I'm going to kill you. But she hangs up, she looks out the window, and she sees the lights weirdly flicker on yep. and then immediately go back off. Exactly. And so she's just like, all right, and goes and checks on the kids. Yeah. Pops back over to the Myers' house. Loomis is just looking around. Yeah, he's still outside of the house, right? And sees, well, I don't know if it was a police car, if it was just like a state vehicle. I think it, it was a state vehicle. Was it that But it was the wagon? one that he was using, that was going to use to transport Michael Myers, yep. that he had stole outside the... And then as soon as he does, I think this is when we get another little bit of the iconic music, kind of starts to play a little bit mm-hmm. again, you know? I made note of that. I think Lori, she, doesn't she grab the keys and... Um, she winds up exiting the home, right? Because I think the kids mm-hmm. are upstairs or sleeping and whatnot. She walks over to uh, the Wallace's home, which is where Annie was babysitting, right? The little girl, Lindsay. And this is where Linda and Bob had just been, you know, stabbed. Like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's walking over to Annie, to Annie right? Uh, she she's rings. She's checking it out. Yeah, she's ringing. She's knocking on the doorbell. She doesn't get an answer. Eventually goes around the back. Yeah, she goes around to the kitchen entrance is what I put down. And then uh, she thinks the whole time she's still getting pranked. Like, it's not funny. As she goes in there, Bob's body isn't hanging from that door because that's where mm-hmm. he should It's already be. gone, exactly. So she would have seen it had he still been, you know, hanging from the freaking butcher's knife. She goes in. She's checking out the place. She starts getting pissed. She's like, oh, me heads. Joke's over. Yeah, She's exactly. getting pissed thinking about this playing joke on her. Uh, and then she starts she to head upstairs. upstairs. Right. Yeah, she enters the bedroom where Linda and Bob had just, you know. So I, I made a... A special note right here. This is pretty Because there was, there was two things in, in an opposite order that reminded me of a different movie that we did. Yeah. Oh. And sort of, for the time period, maybe would have been considered as equally shocking. I can, I can see that, definitely. I think this reminded me of the final reveal and Found. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Because the way that she walks in on... Um, it was actually Annie's body, right? That was... Mm-hmm sprout out on the bed but right above her on on the bed right where the pillows were at at the headboard was the headstone yeah of uh judith Judith. myers which was michael myers sister right Mm -hmm. you're like damn that's fucked up but then again i'm like that was quick how how quick he must have done that man too to lift that fucking tombstone well she starts getting (laughs) like damn then she starts getting freaked out by it and backs up yeah into the closet area Bob and comes Bob's swinging down. Body swings down, which there's where the rope comes into play. Yeah, it makes sense. Because we don't see him use it any other time, so I no. figured that must have been it. Yeah, he had, he had plans for Bob. 
whether uh, or not he knew it or not. Which freaks her out more, and she pops over the other side of the door and, and hits the other closet. Guess who's in there? Stuffed up Linda. Yep. Right? She's in the closet. So there's all three of them, all dead in the room. Yeah, and she starts to sob like any... You know, a crazy with, breakdown reveal. Yeah, she she kind of what well, did she kind of like fade out into like into like the top of the staircase that's on the second floor, mm-hmm. like out of out of the bedroom. And this is where I wrote down where she goes into full scream queen mode. Yeah, because this is when it starts for her, as the shape is stalking her from behind. He winds up slashing her sleeve. She goes over the fucking handrail, right down on the oh, stairs, yeah. and she's kind of like, you know, moaning. Crying she, a yeah, bit. she busts up her leg a little bit. Like, you don't see how bad it is, but she's hobbling the rest of the movie. Yep. Uh, she hobbles away. She's trying to get out through the, the She winds places. up going to the kitchen, like, the back where she started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Except that door's now been... There's, like, a uh, chair or something propped up. or No, it's, it's not a chair. It's, like, a rake or some shit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's a rake propped yeah. up, holding it shut. She can't uh, get out. As he's getting closer and closer, she eventually breaks through the glass. Yeah, he smashes away. through that door that she... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, that's when she breaks out. And she goes running and yelling across the street, right? She goes to the, actually to the next door neighbor, like banging Fuck on these the f- neighbors. Man, Fuck these neighbors. They're assholes, so goddamn dude. hard. What the hell? Yeah. Fucking teenage girl, middle of the fucking She's night. She's screaming bloody murder for help, right? Mm-hmm. She's banging on the door. I think she even rings the doorbell. The lights are on. You can see like somebody over, whether man or woman, whomever, they go over to the blinds and they, <laughs> and they close the blinds turn the lights off on her. Like, what the fuck, dude? The yeah. least you could have done is open the door and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Oh, dude, that pissed me off so bad. But, 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 to play the devil's advocate. It is Halloween. To their credit, in a horror movie, they've done exactly what they should have done in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that also is true. That's the reason why they survived. <laughs> they did not die because of that reason. So, if you're taking note and you want to be the dick in this, you turn off the lights, you close your blinds, and you just go to fucking bed or whatever the hell you do in the dark. <laughs> you know Not what I mean? my supernatural serial killer. Not nope. my problem. Exactly. Don't you be bringing that shit over here. <laughs> that was their mentality. Don't be bringing that scary shit over here, Brenda. <laughs> so, anyhow, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, she runs back across the street back to uh, the Doyles, right? Yeah, she fucking locks herself out because she forgot the keys inside Annie's house or uh, the Wallaces where Annie and Linda and Bob had been murdered. Mm-hmm. In. She gets <sighs> she gets Tommy awake throwing like a pot up there. Yeah, she does. She smashes a pot while it throws. She she winds up getting Tommy like I said awake. She's screaming bloody murder for him to open the fucking door. Right, he comes down, opens the door. He's pretty groggy and slow about it, but they she, get inside. Yeah. She locks it up. She's like, "Get the fuck upstairs." Yeah, you and Lindsay fuck, get upstairs, lock yourselves inside. Right, the the room. I'd be like, "Get the fuck upstairs." Oh. Yeah, we don't have time to be asking questions. This ain't one hundred one questions. Damn it. <laughs> she tries to call. The phone is disconnected. <sighs> no, no, right? What the fuck? She. And so she just crouches down. She's trying to hide. Yeah. And she, Michael Myers from behind the couch suddenly just, boom, man, misses her thumb. fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. She had grabbed a knitting needle fucking right into his neck. Boom. Drops him. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Like, after she does that, like, oh, hold on. There's not like a whole series where she's upstairs in the uh, in that closet and shit. And he, like... No, that's... Uh, I think what you're thinking of still comes later. Okay. She drops him a couple times. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, right. She gets him in the neck and the, the needle in the neck, and she's just like, oh, man, 
Man, it's because weird. at this point in the movie, if you're going through this the first time, you're like, things yeah. have been weird around Michael Myers, but so far God. we haven't seen anything completely unexplainable. Yep. She looks over, his body's just laying there, so she's like, cool, goes upstairs. Yeah. Doesn't he, he pulls, I'll put, he pulls the Undertaker move, if you're familiar with the Undertaker. Kinda. That, oh, I, <laughs> that also doesn't quite happen yet. That comes, <laughs> right. I know where that's Maybe I'm a little ahead of too. myself, okay. He just falls, then you see, it cuts back to Loomis outside. Okay. And he's searching, he knows like, hey, like the, the car was abandoned here, yeah, he's okay, somewhere okay, around yeah, yeah, here. Okay, so we're, yeah, okay. The cop pulls up on him, he's yep. like, he's around yeah, okay, here, okay. he's around here, I saw the car, I'm going to search the front of the houses, you go through the yeah, he tell Yeah, exactly, he, he catches the sheriff up the day like, okay, it's three blocks down, you go this way, I'm mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's when goes she back goes to back her. upstairs. She goes yep. upstairs that's when she's with to Tommy see the Lindsay. kids. Yep, okay. The kids are all freaked out. She doesn't. She like she say something like she killed the bo- or she saw the boogeyman or some shit. Well, you you start seeing the shadow. Oh, she killed if it. If you're right. paying attention, the shadows start shifting behind her. Oh yeah. And the kids <laughs> ask her like, "What? But what about this and that?" And she's like, "Well, I killed the boogeyman." He's like, you can't kill like, the boogeyman. Kill the boogeyman. <laughs> as soon as he says that, you see Michael the shape. Myers yep, appear. Michael Myers. The shape. The kids go in, and Lori go running back into the the bedroom. She right? she run, they run into a bedroom and lock themselves. And I think she a runs into a different bedroom. Yeah, she runs into a different room. She locks herself and inside like a, a, a closed closet. Big old yeah, closed closet. She's down in the corner. He's like smashing on the at fucking it, door. Yeah, starts tearing into it and shit. He he eventually does smash it open. It turns on that little closet light, right? And mm-hmm. she's in the corner duck, and she's. You know, screaming like scream queens do. As he gets closer and closer, she, she starts getting an craftier idea. and craftier. An idea. <laughs> yeah. And she this grabs is, a This hanger, is possibly right? why, I mean, no wire hangers ever. No wire hangers yeah, ever. <laughs> you get plastic in this house. Um, <laughs> you don't use those. But she grabs a wire hanger, <laughs> bends it. Boom. Yeah, she gouges him right eye. in the eye, dude. That was gnarly, man. That was smart, though. Give her credit. He uh, drops his knife. She grabs yep. it. And she uh, gut shots him. Boom, right in the guts. And it drops him. It drops him. You're like, oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. She uh, she eventually gets out of the closet, right? She, she goes to check the on the kids. Sends the kids to call the cops. Yeah, she's like, over to McKenzie's, call the cops, et cetera, et cetera. The kids are kind of, lo- they, they just kind of walk off. I made note of that. It's like, man. Well, they kind of walk <laughs> off, but. But when they're outside, that's when they, yeah. I was saying. It cuts over and she's sort of starting to catch her breath, and the camera comes around and you see Michael you, Myers you in see the, the background. Little, yeah. That's when and he then pulls the infamous. he does the Undertaker and <laughs> like, he just rises. Then it kind of makes you wonder did the Undertaker? I bet you he did. I bet you he like, got the idea. He's like, you know what? I like that. I'll take that. I'll take that and make it my move. But yeah, that's after he does does you know he rises off the off the ground uh we see Loomis the kids go fucking the bananas going bananas outside yeah. so he goes upstairs he runs in as quick as he can yep Lori gets attacked yep michael myers sneaks up behind her he starts to strangle the shit out of her right? she buys herself a second though by ripping off his mask and it seems like he's not about to do this without the mask yeah like that's his that's his whole gig his whole setup so he drops her to to straighten it back on himself again and that's when Loomis comes in. He's up the stairs. Bam! Boom. He hits him with that gut shot, right? And it sort of stu- staggers it's around st- yeah, a little bit. Yeah, stu- it stuns him back into that room they were just in. And then pop, 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 pop. I may know that he, re- he blasted him five more times. So he, re- he emptied that six-round clip. 
I made note that they were actually accurate and didn't have him shoot any more than six times. I was listening for that as well. I was like, <laughs> I wonder how many times he's going to shoot after that first shot. And it was five. I counted. And yep. I was like, yeah, that would make sense. There, he's got a revolver, go. six rounds. Six. There it is. Uh, but you're right. It makes him tumble off that little perch, that little balcony outside the bedroom. Mm-hmm. He falls down. Uh, Michael Myers falls down on the ground, right? Presumably, he's wasted, right? He got sh- six times, right? Pretty close range as well. Jamie Lee's breaking down. She's scared of shit. And she's like, was that the boogeyman? Yep. As a matter of fact, it was, Luma says. And you look back. Yeah, uh, Loomis looks down after you know to see his handiwork, and guess what the what the nobody 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 <laughs> yeah man that's like hold on wait a minute and she starts freaking the fuck out more yeah even though she didn't see it but she starts just getting scared of shit yeah exactly man this is when the music kicks back in and this right? is why I said in reverse order this last little sequence reminded me also of the end of Found. I can understand that, man. Because it does, it goes like a deep breathing, right? That's what I put it. You hear that. (sighs) And you just do all these establishing shots shots of the the neighborhood. That's a good point, man. And then it ends at the Myers house. Mm -hmm. And then the end credits. End of movie, essentially. Like, you get the, the soundtrack and all that stuff. But... Michael Myers, he's still out there. Yeah, what happened, man? So, but I'm like Jamie damn. Lee and Loomis are still alive. It yeah. keeps going. How many? I mean, how many do they do? Seven, probably know, eight. There's some. You know, one when I was taking my notes. I mean, you know, like I say, like you were there. When I was taking my notes and I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, in, in this film, I was like, I remember she did one with, uh, I think it was Omar Epps, right? Like one mm-hmm. of the, I don't know, the early two thousand ones that that she was in. And I started thinking about. That. I was like, damn, this movie has carried on this long. To when I like was out of school, and then they just they're still doing. Well, them. I remember Rob Zombie's doing because uh, I would have been eleven when it came out, and what prompted me to watch this one for the first time was when I was eleven. Was when Halloween H two O came out. Okay, yeah, that would have made sense, man. And that's yeah, it's kind of where and I was so getting. My at, mom yeah. was like, "Oh, wow, yeah." My mom was all Damn, about was that high school, because so she yeah, liked Halloween. Sense. So, yeah, so yeah, so that's a good point because I was thinking of that. I was like, there's certain scream. Certain movies like that were that was like so when I kind of was in my teen years. So mm-hmm. I remember those, but seeing Halloween itself, I, I probably would have seen that. And you know, same time I was watching a bunch of other horror movies, mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten years old. This movie though is just oh my god, fantastic! Yeah, so man, and, you know, like, so I'm glad we did this one too because this is a good way to and more than a lot to get into John Carpenter as well. You know, That's John one, Carpenter one lays the framework for a lot of other things. Yes, he does, especially with this film. Um, like I said, there were there were some films before that, like I said, we had um, kind of alluded to the fact that this is not the first slasher film, but this is one that really really spawned a whole era of future films that paid ode to slasher films or was directly slasher films, you know? Uh, and there's a lot of times with these things where you would go and doing the first one makes sense. Yeah. And we'll get back to doing that. But this next movie, we're not going a number one entry. Yeah. You know, we'll get back to that in just a second. Sorry, I, I, I was getting a little bit ahead no, of No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I wanted to point out some, uh, it's something it's I always run into with... Yeah. <laughs> something okay. I always run into with this movie is this is one of the ones where... Uh, people start to point out the fact that, like the like, if you have sex in a horror movie, you're dead. Yeah, and I, I that's that one reason sense. Jamie Lee didn't die because she's the one that didn't have sex. And she, yeah, but exactly. Annie didn't get to have sex yet. 
Yeah, we didn't. She didn't at all. We didn't even see her boyfriend, right? I don't. No, no. Paul never got picked up, did he? No, he did not. She never made it outside of the home, outside of the garage, for that matter. And Jamie Lee wasn't pure either. She was smoking a joint. Yeah, she was. She was getting high. She just she didn't know how to approach. She was just shy and unsure of herself. She, you know, otherwise she would be getting laid. I can I can relate to an extent with her character Mm -hmm. for that time period. It's like I had so much stuff going on at the time. Was like I wasn't really thinking about dating or anything. So I've seen in interviews when people bring that up to John Carpenter, he's been like, "No, this movie doesn't fall into that." Yeah, well, because you got to think was like was yeah. Did he intentionally do that? Like, no, and it's even to me like Michael Myers was even stalking Tommy at one point. Yeah, exactly. It, he was stalking numerous people throughout the film on several occasions. Like you said, who knows? So I don't think right, he falls Annie, into that nearly no. as much. The next killer, it's a little bit arguable, though. More arguable. That's why I wanted I wanted oh, to touch on that first. Yeah. So we're not going to go a first chapter. No, we're going to go a fourth chapter. Yes, yeah, so we're not going to go a second go the or final third. chapter. Which is funny because it, it's not. <laughs> it's not the final chapter at all. It's Friday, not even close. The thirteenth final chapter, part we'll four. In, so it's a fourth entry into the series, right? We'll be getting uh, into another iconic slasher who is Man. kind of a hulking brute again, dude. This you know, cut for... from much the same cloth as Michael Myers of oh, no Jason doubt. Voorhees. We're not going to do the first movie because he's not the killer. No, he's not. Um, you know. If you haven't seen it, I'd say go ahead and catch up on them because, you know, at this point, you're, you're going to have a little time to catch up on, on what we're doing, right? So get yourself familiar, right? If you're not familiar with the first, say, first three entries into this mm-hmm. series, right? This will catch up to speed on why we're doing the fourth one. Um, because the fourth one, it, it goes right into what we're doing, right, is more the slasher aspect. Yeah. So it would make a lot more sense if you follow all the way up into the series and this Particular Not that the entry. other ones don't. They're, no, 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 they're no. slasher movies. But, but th- not to this extent. No. Uh, we not wanted We wanted one that focused on Jason a little bit more. Yeah. And I'd like said, this one, you're right, because the first three don't really tell his tale, per se. They do. Not not like we want to delve into it. No, anyway, no, exactly. We'll get exactly. there. We'll nerd out that's, on that later. That's for next week. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this 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 entry, the next one we're talking about here. Uh, Love. I do want Jason to say Man. that we will at some point come back to the Halloween series because yeah, how, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, has nothing to do with Michael Myers. That's a good point. Has nothing to do with the rest of the series and is a fantastically horrendous movie. Yeah, I really want to rewatch it again at some point. I wouldn't so. mind. But like I said, this is the reason why we lay down these roots because we can come right back to them. It has nothing to do with. No, it's okay. Uh, it's an matter. entry into the we'll, series, but we'll touch. We'll upon get to it. that too. Yeah. Um, and just before we're we're out of here mm-hmm. and we start, you know, doing our goodbyes. Before we do our goodbyes, yeah, just because it did just happen yesterday. I was thinking about this as well. Uh, unfortunately, we'll we'll mention the uh, the passing of Bill Paxton. Yeah, which is sad news, man. Because uh, you know, when I think about horror movies and I think about certain films, right, uh, you can't help but think of uh, like I said, certain certain entries, man. Um, you know, one of the films I can think of. You know, there's several, but one that I can think of right off the top of the bat would be either Near Dark. Or frailty, right? Those are the two that I would think. Well, when, uh, horror, not necessarily his films, yeah. but horror in general. But and that's the thing I was going to say was that we are going to end up 
covering frailty on this show. Yeah, man. We were actually just talking about it like a week ago, but it's we like decided to do the slasher theme instead. Yeah, so we will eventually get to frailty. Uh, we decided not to break that just to commemorate his passing, partially yeah. just because it happened the day before we were going to record anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said yesterday, which would have been Sunday in, in recording Real World, uh, got the news and I was like, damn, man. But Frailty is a fantastic, I feel often, more overlooked movie than it should be. Uh, Considering I, it, who's, it's, who it's all cultish, is in it as that's well. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. People mention it from time to time. Love that film. Uh, but I feel like that's a great way to commemorate his passing. Go watch Frailty. That's that's what I yeah, go watch some. Yeah, go watch all of his, I mean, not all, but, you know, go watch some more. I mean, he was in Weird Science. Mm-hmm. He was in Aliens, Predator, Terminator. You can keep going on and on and on, Twister. You can keep going on. Yep. You know, like, but but when I when I started thinking of him, I'm like, man, he really wasn't that old. He's only sixty one, and iconic actor. I been in iconic films in all these decades. It's just you know it's unfortunate. Man, it but sucks. we are actually going to touch upon frailty. Yeah. It's just gonna be so we'll we'll time. do a proper ode to him as well. But we you know we have to at least pay our respects well, and let mm-hmm. let him know. Yeah, sucks. To go on to happier things, if you want to keep in contact yeah, with us we're and still, keep listening to we're us, still here. Uh, keep hearing from us, and when we do shit, yeah, uh, not when we do shit, no, because that means something differently, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like I said, if you, you know, if they you make see... a they make a joke kind of like that in this movie in Halloween. Yeah, which is like have a place to shit. No, I have a place for that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so good. It's okay. This it's, movie it's, is fantastic. Go watch Halloween if you didn't watch, watch it. Even Halloween, after watching, listening um, to this. Yeah, like I said, if, if this is the first one you're you're listening to with us, listen to the other fourteen that we've done. Go explore a little bit. Go watch what you like to watch. But there's a lot of good horror films that you can catch up on. If you want to keep uh, listening to us, keeping up with us, find us on Facebook, Fried Squirms, yep. uh, iTunes, Fried Squirms. We're SoundCloud, still on SoundCloud. Yeah, we're on the big Facebook, right? You can find us at Fried Squirms. That's our, uh, our page. Twitter, yeah, at Fried Squirms, uh, and our website www.friedsworms.com yeah and like if you so want to email, email us and give us feedback through that method swarmcast right at gmail swarmcast at gmail.com yeah so you know there's several ways that you can still communicate with us most um, of it is easy as finding fried squirms somewhere yeah because that's us that's who we are and uh like i said uh hopefully you'll you'll continue to follow us and if not like i said we've got some good We've got some good ones that you can catch up on, and we'll continue to pump them out. Like we said, the uh, the slasher bedrock continues with yeah. the next film. We're going to go some final chapter. Can't and wait then, for this. Then after that, I think we're going to get into some nightmare. Yeah, I think I think we might bring you a nightmare mm-hmm. afterward. So we'll catch you up on uh, the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, I'm still Danny. I'm Tyler. Hope you have a good night and watch Halloween. Peace.